Hey, we're, we're so glad that you're here uh, today. And uh, just a little known fact, some of you may not know, but I am actually a composer and a uh, singer. And a few years ago, I composed a song for the moms. And I have been requested to sing this song again. And so uh, I'm going to sing this song, moms, because I want to honor you. So here it is. M is for the Mercedes that you want, dear. O is for the opal that you crave. T is for the tummy tuck you'd love sweet. H is for the Hawaiian beach on which to play. E is for the earrings you admire. R is for the roses that are red. Put them all together, they spell bankrupt. (laughs) So I'm giving you a George Foreman grill instead. Now, if that did not move you to tears, ladies, when you leave today, all of our moms, all women, when you leave today, we have a carnation that we'd like to give to you to simply let you know that you are beautiful. So if no one has told you that this morning, you are beautiful and God loves you. So let's uh, hear it for the moms one more time. Let's all give them a clap for the moms. Okay, if you would, I'd like you to pull out this card that was in your program. This is called our Connect card. And so if you could pull that out, that would be great. And we would love for you to fill this out. Uh, Prayer requests are on the back as well. And if you could fill this out, that would uh, be great. Uh, We pray for all those prayer requests every week. And when the uh, later on, we'll collect these. Um, And so if you could fill that out, um, we would really appreciate it. Well, uh, my name is Chris, and we're in the middle of a series on prayer, and next week we're actually going to look at the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' Prayer, and uh, we're also going to celebrate our graduates, our high school graduates. So you'll want to come back and uh, be a part of that. Now, when it came to prayer, when we first started uh, the JAR, uh, one of the things was that I knew prayer was going to help to connect people to God. And so we would pray and pray and pray. And one of my prayers is that God would actually open up doors so that I could build relationships with people who were far from God. And so uh, one uh, particular uh, week I went and I played basketball at uh, Wilson Middle School. And while I was praying there, uh, there was a guy that I got to meet and I was like, hey, I'm going to start praying for him daily. And so I wanted to make sure that he didn't know I was a pastor So what I did was I played really, really hard, and then I fouled really, really hard. You know, get some street cred uh, going up that way. And I just started uh, praying that God would open up some doors. And so uh, playing basketball kind of morphed into going to some basketball games, and then that morphed into uh, playing golf. And he and I began to start hanging out together and getting to know each other uh, really well. And so... Uh, I kept showing Christ's love to him, and I finally, after a couple of years, uh, had 
some guts to invite him to come to church, and uh, he actually came. And uh, I was really shocked by that. Uh, you know, the, the roof didn't cave in or anything like that, and he came. And uh, then all of a sudden, uh, he started continuing to come until uh, he was pretty regular. Not very sporadic at all, but was regular. Now, he still hadn't accepted Christ, but he was open to things, and his wife had been praying for years and years, and, and so there was this openness. And uh, then one day, I was getting ready to go golf, and I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to pray that this is the day where Kenny would accept Christ. So I got up that morning, I said, God, today is the day that we are going to help Kenny to cross the line of faith. And I know it's your desire, God, it's your desire that no one would perish. And I know you love Kenny, and so today's the day. And so uh, we went ahead and we played the first couple of holes of golf because, you know, I was scared to say anything. And finally we're in the golf cart, we're getting ready to go to the next hole. And I turned to him and I said, well, Kenny, where are you at with Christ? And I was hoping he was going to say, oh, man, you know, because of what you've done, the way you've invested, you know, I'm ready to accept Christ. And uh, this is what he said. He goes, I don't know. And basically what that meant was, I don't care. And I was like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden he went ahead and said this. He said, actually, I really enjoy Sunday mornings taking a bath and taking it easy. And uh, I've decided I'm going to keep doing that and not go to church anymore. And we played the rest of the golf game, and I kept thinking to myself, why didn't God answer my prayer? I mean, it wasn't a bad prayer. It was a good prayer. It had the right motive. I wanted to see his life change because of God, but God didn't answer my prayer. Now, folks, why, God, why doesn't God answer our prayers when we know that he should. I mean, I have a feeling that some of you are sitting here today and you prayed for a loved one who was sick and you prayed that they would be healed and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and it didn't happen. And others of you, maybe you have been in a marriage and the marriage wasn't so great, but you wanted the marriage to be saved. And so you prayed and prayed, you prayed your guts out. You did everything. You read books. You did everything. And at the end of the day, you got divorced. Some of you maybe are praying for someone who is far from God right now. You've been praying and praying and praying and praying. You're praying your guts out that they would come closer and that their life would change. And it seems like the more that you pray to God, the further and further they get away from a decision like that. And you wonder, why is God not answering my prayer? So for the rest of the time, what I want us to do is I want us to look at a few things in the Bible that clearly shows what matters when we pray. What matters to God when you and I pray? Well, here's the first thing. This is your first fill-in in your program. Or if you want to, you can go to the App Store. Just put down the Jar Community Church and you can pull it up on your phone and put it in there as well. But what matters to God when you pray? Well, first of all, relationships matter to God. Your relationships matter. 
So, the way that you treat one another, the way that you talk to one another, the way that you forgive one another matters to God. So let me ask you this morning, how are you forgiving in your relationships? How are you growing in healthy ways in your relationships? Well, Jesus said this in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. He said this, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for, then what's he say? Next two words. In what? In prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. What a powerful promise that he gives to us. And then he goes on to say, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, what does it say you should do? What is it? Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may what? Forgive you your sins. Here, God is very clearly stating through the words of Jesus that when you are praying, folks, when you're praying to God, your relationships really matter to Him. Folks, if you haven't forgiven someone who has wronged you, then the power of your prayer is going to be limited. If you choose not to forgive other people, the Scripture says that God can't forgive you, and all of a sudden your prayer life becomes limited. Scripture actually says you cannot love God and hate your brother. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. I hate you, Fred. Oh, I love you, God. I love you, God. I hate you, Mom. I love you, God. I love you, God. I hate whoever it is. And yet so many people, this is what they do. They carry bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness in their relationships. And then they go to God with all this bitterness, resentment, and anger in them. And then they go to God, though, and they say, Oh, God, would you please answer this prayer? I need it right now. Right now. Growing up on uh, one particular uh, Christmas, my uh, parents, uh, like, I don't know how they did it. They had to take out a loan, I'm sure. But they bought us an Atari video system. Now, if you're under 30 right now, you probably don't even know what an Atari video system, but you're going to Google it. So go ahead, just do it now. But anyways, this Atari video system, okay, was the first in-home video system. Before, you had to go to these foreign places called arcades, you know. You don't even see those anymore. But you had to go and you had to spend a quarter and you did stuff. But now they had it and it came into your house. And my parents, they bought the system and they gave us uh, two different games. One was combat and the other one was space invaders, okay? And we just played this game and we played game and we played games. And then, you know, every single time it was our birthday or you know, whatever event, hey, can we get another cartridge? And you'd put these cartridges in, and you just played and played and played, and we played Atari all the time. But there were many times in which we weren't able to play Atari because it was taken from us, and do you know why it was taken from us? Because my brother and I did not love each other. 
And in my parents' household, especially my mom, my mom was the biggest figure, was that when we would start arguing and fighting like cats and dogs, she was just not having it. And when blood came, which usually it was my blood, okay, when it came, it didn't matter. She was not going to have this, and she would put the hammer down. Actually, she put down what was called a fly swatter. She would get us in a room and just light up our legs. Just run. I mean, CPS, if anyone works for CPS, Zamora Bunch. That is her name. Just uh, go find. But we would have these welts like on our legs. She'd just light us up, you know. And uh, I love my mom. I really do. And you, and you see, the problem was my mom longed so much for our house to be full of love that if there wasn't love in the house, she just couldn't stand it. Because the way that we treated one another really, really mattered. And now that I'm a parent and I'm a father, it's very, very important to me. Now, I don't use a fly swatter on my kids' legs, you know, but it matters to me. Now, this is the truth. You know who it matters to also, the way that you treat your kids? God. It's not just your kids, but it's your friends, it's your neighbors, it's your co-workers. It really, really matters to God how you love the people that are in your life. You know, for some of you, maybe you have a difficult relationship with your mom today. Or maybe there's some grudge that you're holding. Maybe she hurt you. Maybe she did something wrong. Maybe she abandoned you. Maybe she rejected you. Maybe you're in an argument right now and they don't even know, but you've been holding something back and you had this grudge and you've chosen not to forgive her and it just gets further and further apart. And folks, I don't know if it's your mom or your dad or a brother or a sister or a friend or somebody else. If you have a relationship, this is what God says. If they've hurt you, but you're choosing not to forgive them, God cannot forgive you. If you cannot forgive them, God cannot forgive you. I mean, how is it that we can receive and receive and receive? God, I need your forgiveness. I need your forgiveness. I need your forgiveness. And yet we're unwilling to forgive people who do something wrong to us. So when you pray, if you're ever praying and you feel like, man, I keep praying and my prayers aren't being answered, hint, (laughs) first thing you might look at is, is there any unforgiveness in your own life? Are you holding a grudge towards someone? What matters to God when you pray? Well, your relationships matter. Here's the second thing. The way that you live matters to God. The way that you live matters to God. On February 21st of this year, we lost maybe the greatest Christian leader uh, potentially in the last hundred years. Anybody know who it is? Billy Graham. Okay? And some of you are like, I don't even know who that is. Well, he was a person who would have these amazing uh, Christian crusades 
And he had a powerful ministry, and millions and millions and millions of people came to Christ through his ministry. And I used to always think that growing up as a kid, I looked up to him a lot because I'd gone to a few crusades that were sponsored by him. And I would look up to him, and I always thought the reason why Billy Graham's prayers were being answered and people like me weren't is because he was such an amazing you know, communicator, and he had all of these skills to draw people. And that's what I thought. And then when I was in seminary, I read his autobiography called Just As I Am. And when I read that, I, I finally realized that this was a man who... He wasn't so concerned about being on the stage and everybody watching him. That's not where he found his power, but he found his power in the way that he lived his life every single day. God's answer to his prayers didn't happen when everybody was looking. God's answer to his prayers happened when no one was looking, and yet he still chose to live a godly life. One of the things he chose to do. He never went into a hotel room without having another male that was present with him. He never was with a female. And it's one of those things that I've tried to work hard in my own life because it honors God. But it was the faithful way that he lived his life. Now, here's the truth. Every single person in this room, the person beside you, in front of you, the person sitting in your seat, has as much access to God as Billy Graham did. Every single one of you. And you have the same potential power as Billy Graham to have every single one of your prayers answered before God. Because this is the truth. It is not who you are, but it's how you live your life that matters. Scripture is so clear that the way that you live your life actually matters to the amount of power that comes in your prayers. Jesus, James, Jesus' brother, actually talks about this. Jesus' brother named James, he had brothers and sisters, but one was named James, and he actually wrote a book of the Bible, and he's talking about prayer. And in James chapter 5, verse 16, he says this, The prayer of a righteous person is what? What's it say? Powerful and what? It's powerful and effective. It doesn't say this. The prayer of an unrighteous person is powerful. It doesn't say that the prayer of a casual Christian is powerful. It doesn't say that the prayer of a cafeteria Christian, I'll pick what I like and what I choose, is powerful. It says, no, no, no. It says the prayer of a righteous Christian is powerful and effective. Now, I can't fully speak on the behalf of God on this, but I can put it in my own terms and for myself and ask you as well, who would you like to give money to? If you had two people and they were in need of money, or at least they said that, who would you give money to? Would you... Rather help out the guy who has a healthy life, but he's been given two different jobs, and he said no to both of them because those were beneath his skill level. And 
The last time that you gave money to him, he took the money and he went out and he got two cases of beer. Would you want to give money to him or would you rather give it to a guy who was busting his rear end working two different jobs to feed his family? And he's still falling behind. But if you give money to him, you know that he's going to take that money and actually feed his family. Who would you rather help financially? The first guy or the second guy? Yeah, if you have a brain at all, you're going to give it to the second guy. Because you're going to give it to someone who is living his life in a more obedient way. Now again, I can't fully speak for God on this. But it appears that the way that you live your life, folks, matters to God. I mean, if you go off and you live a crazy, sinful kind of life, but it's fun and you're hooking up with everybody and you're drinking on the weekends and woo-hoo, I'm drugging up, whatever it is, and you're doing all of that, and then all of a sudden when you get in trouble or something happens, you ask for God to deliver you, God may say, you know what? Well, I'm sorry, but in this situation, I'm going to let you reap what you sow. Here's what Scripture says, Proverbs 15:29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but He hears the prayer of the whom? Who is it? The righteous. He hears the prayer of the righteous. Folks, the way that you live, I'm telling you, it matters. Now, what I'm not saying, and I want you to hear this very, very clearly, what I'm not saying, what I'm not saying, is that just because you try really, really hard and you read your Bible every day and you pray every day and you're better than the people in your row when it comes to following God, okay? That God is going to do everything that you ask Him to do. And I'm not saying that if you're really, really messed up and you have kind of blown it big time, that God is going to totally ignore your prayers. But what I am saying is that it appears that at some level that the way that you live your life matters to God. And it matters to how your prayers are answered. So, relationships matters. The way that you live matters. And then your faith matters. Uh, this is our next one. Your faith matters. So just... Put in faith there. Your faith matters to God. Again, in James chapter 1, in verse 6 and 7, and it's in your program as well, this is what James writes. But when you ask, you must what? What's it say in your program? Believe and what? Believe and not doubt. Believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Those who doubt should not think they will what? What's it say? Receive anything from whom? From the Lord. Your faith, folks, it really matters to God. And what's really, really cool to me is the way that God responds to just a simple 
childlike faith. You don't have to have this crazy faith. You just have to have a simple Christ-like faith, a childlike faith. But this is what I found in my own life and other people. That the further you get in your relationship with God, often what happens is we lose our childlike faith. We don't believe God for as big a things as maybe we did when we first came to Christ. And the less childlike faith that people have is kind of a sad thing in the church. Let me give you an example. Last year, my oldest daughter, uh, Jordan, found out that there was a uh, girl in Uganda. She'd never met her before, but through some friends of ours, found out that there was a girl in Uganda who had a heart disease, and her name was Mabel. She was an orphan, and she was adopted by this family right here. And she had had this heart disease her entire life, And this family is from Texas. We've never met them before. And uh, in the midst of all this, they decided we're just going to adopt her. And they adopted her from Uganda. She came to the United States. And in Houston, Texas, they had this uh, heart surgeon that could help with this heart disease that Mabel had. And so they went ahead and they did uh, the surgery. And she came out of it. And she was doing fine for a while. And then... Things went south, and she died at the age of 14. So my daughter decided, well, I want to do something in Mabel's memory. And so she decided she was going to jump rope for the Heart Association. And the Heart Association said, well, your biggest goal, the biggest goal that we have for kids is to raise $250 per kid. Like, that's the most you could raise. And Jordan came up to me and she said, Daddy, I think Jesus is going to help me raise this money. And I thought to myself, I'm like, well, you know, you know how it is with kids. They come and they're like, hey, we got this fundraiser. We're going to do this big thing. And, and then all of a sudden, you know it's not going to happen. And we're not the kind of parents that just write the check. You know what I mean? They got to do it on their own. And so I didn't want to tell her, but, you know, I'm just thinking, well, this, this isn't going to happen. And I thought, but you know, this is going to be a good thing. You know, she needs to learn that sometimes Jesus doesn't answer our prayers. And so I said, well, it might help, you know, if you pray to Jesus and there might be some money that comes. But to be quite honest, you know, it's probably not going to happen. Now, here I am. Big faith pastor boy up here, okay? Faith enough. You know, to do something great. And and here I am telling my daughter, basically, don't believe that Jesus can help you with this because it's probably not going to happen. So just don't get your hopes up too much. And she says, no, Daddy, I I really believe that Jesus is going to help me raise this money in honor of Mabel. And I'm like, well, you know, sometimes our prayers don't get answered. And, you know, and she's like, no, Jesus, or no, Daddy, Jesus is going to answer these prayers. And all of a sudden, I started feeling kind of bad. I'm like, her little faith is going to get crushed. Because she's not going to be able to raise this. We're not going to give her the money. I mean, that's a lot of money for a little third grader. To, like, this isn't going to happen. And I started feeling bad about her prayers not being answered. 
Anybody want to take a guess how much Jordan raised? No, no, no. Not 250. Not 350. Not 450. Not 550. Not 650. Not 750. She raised $800 for the Heart Association. Now, this is the thing, folks. Jordan never knew that little girl. She never met her. We never met the parents. But Facebook, for whatever it is or isn't, turned out to be a really good thing here. And her mom, who I've never met before, wrote this on the Facebook page with this picture. I have no idea who this precious girl is, but she is honoring sweet Mabel by jumping rope for the Heart Association in memory of Mabel. I am in tears thinking of how impactful Mabel's life was and still is. I love you, Jordan Bunch. She doesn't even know her. Your big heart is helping other people's You see, folks, God honored childlike faith. It was just a third grader with faith. And some of us, the problem is, we have become so educated, so knowledgeable, that we know what God can answer and what God can't answer. And sometimes we just speak on behalf of God when we really shouldn't. But this book tells me that when I read it and I believe it, that all things are possible with God. And at some point, folks, your faith in God, it really, really matters. I love the story of these two blind guys that had been blind since birth and they come to Jesus one day and they hear about this teacher who can heal people and they say, Jesus, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus turns to them and he says, do you believe that I could heal you, that you could have sight? And they're like, yes, we do. And then the scripture says this, then he touched their eyes and he said, according to your what? What's it say? Your faith, it will be done to you. And their sight was restored. And folks, the same God who restored the sight of those two blind men because of their faith, He loves to answer your prayers today based upon your faith in Him. When you believe that all things are possible, folks, your faith matters. Now there's another thing that matters, and it's this, that God's will also matters. God's will also matters. In 1 John it says this. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, what does God do? What's it say? He hears us. Anything we ask according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what? We ask of Him. Now, folks, this scripture is extremely powerful. If we ask anything according to His will, He 
hears us. You know, a lot of people think, kind of a teaching that has been taught that has done a lot of damage, but it's a teaching, it's a theology called name it and claim it. That if I blab it, I can grab it. If I want it, I can have it. If I name it, I can claim it. Well, no, you can't. Because God's will matters. In fact, if there's anyone in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, that understood that, other than Christ himself more so, then that was Paul. Guy who wrote half of the New Testament. And you might remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Paul, and he talks about that he had this thorn in his flesh. And we are not exactly sure what it was, but we think it was some kind of physical ailment that he had. Maybe it was headaches or malaria or epilepsy or speech impediment or bad eyesight. We're not sure. But Paul comes to God and he pleads with God. He goes, God, I'm pleading with you. I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Take this thorn out of my flesh. And for some reason, even though God could have answered that, and he answered many of Paul's prayers in this particular uh, time, he said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you something that is greater than having that thorn taken away from you. I'm going to give you myself. That what you want is not as great as what I can give you. And he says, I will give my grace to you. My grace is sufficient for you. In this case, what you need is what is not what you need. What you need is me. I'm going to show you that my power is made perfect in your weakness. I'm going to do something in you that's even greater than you asked me to do because my will matters. There's a guy I was uh, reaching out to. I met him on the golf course. His name is, uh, or his name is Jared. And I met Jared, and he and I uh, started playing golf together, and a few other guys started playing golf. And Jared was just a great guy. Uh, if you've ever played golf before, if you're a, if you're a guy, you, you you have people who are like really really bad golfers, and then you have people who are really really good golfers. There's very few in the middle. Well, he was a very very good golfer, and I was a very very bad golfer. Okay. Now, sometimes good golfers can be jerks. They're like, oh my gosh, do I have to play with you, you know? And I've had a lot of people say that to me over the, a lot of jerks I've played with, you know? Uh, and I'm not the greatest golfer, but Jared was the kind of guy, he just loved to play, and he, he'd be like, hey, you know, I can help you with this or that. Dude, don't worry about that. Let's kick this ball out. You know, go ahead. You know, he beat me on every hole anyway, and, and he was just a great guy. And a wonderful uh, husband, had three amazing kids, just a great person. Now, he, he didn't know Christ, and he was open to things, but, uh, you know, we kept our friendship going, and he would ask questions, and then finally one day I got a phone call from him, and he's, he was 33 years old, and he said, I've been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. 
And if you know anything about pancreatic cancer, it's the killer cancer. And so I kept building a friendship with him. We kept on praying and, and encouraging him. And he was growing in his faith. And we prayed and we prayed. And other churches started praying. And all of a sudden there were hundreds of people that were praying for this guy. And I had seen God heal people before of many different cancers. And so we're praying and believing that God could do this. And on August 3rd of 2006, you may say that God healed him in a way that wasn't our plan. And God took Jared from earth at the age of 34, leaving behind a wife and three kids. And I officiated at Jared's funeral, the biggest funeral I'd ever officiated at, and then later that afternoon... I buried my friend. And folks, that particular funeral, more than any other, it rattled my faith. Because I believed so much that God was going to come through in the midst of that. And one of the last times that he was in the hospital, he actually did finally accept Christ. But then I had to see the struggle that his three kids and his wife went through. And over the past decade, I've often wondered. And then, kind of ironically, over this past decade, I've had six different people who have come up to me at different times and said, Hey, you were the guy that did... Jared's funeral, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, well, we heard that he accepted Christ. And then one guy would say, hey, you know, I knew my life was messed up, and so I accepted Christ. And then uh, another person would come up. And then last summer, there was one of the guys that I baptized was one of Jared's friends. And we played golf, and I never thought that day would come. And we called him Ghosty. Ghosty was no longer a ghost. He was like... You know, the Holy Ghost maybe got up in him. I don't know. But, but he got baptized. And then there's a guy that's been coming to our church with uh, his wife and, and a couple of foster kids that they have taken on. And, and they've grown closer and closer to God. And folks, Jared's death, although painful, it was an example of how God's ways are higher in our ways. His will matters. And that's why the night before Jesus went to the cross, He's in a garden and He's praying. He knows that all of the sins of the world are going to come on His shoulders. Your sins, my sins. And that also there was going to be this separation between He and His Father for the very first time ever since the beginning of time. And in the midst of all that, He's he has this and he starts to pray out loud, God, take this away from me. If there's any other way that this cup of suffering can be removed from me, God, would you take it away? And the good news for you and I is that Jesus loved us so much that he didn't end the prayer then, but he actually continues on with the prayer. And he says this, but not my will, but yours be done. And folks, 
some of the greatest words you could ever pray to God is, God, this is what I want. This is what I'm believing for. I know you can do this. I'm praying for this. But, God, even if you don't, I will trust you. I will trust you. I think back to when we started the church and Kenny telling me that he was going to stay at home and have nice warm baths and not come to church. And I thought to myself, oh, man. And I just never thought that prayer would be answered. And honestly, if God would have answered the prayer on that particular day, it probably wouldn't have done much. He would have just said the words, didn't mean anything. And I might have been able to twist his arm and that would have been that. And it would have never lasted. It would have never lasted. But a few years later, his mom became sick. And I was there for him. And his mom had made a commitment to God. And we're getting ready to walk out to his driveway. And he says, Chris, I know that my mom's going to be in heaven. And if I'm going to ever see her again, I'm going to have to change my ways. And today I'm ready to give my life to God. Can you help me? And on that driveway, he said a prayer that led him to Christ and he's continued to walk in that path trying to know Christ more and more. Not perfectly, but in a way that he's able to honor God. And this is the thing. Before he came to Christ, I love him like a brother, but he was one of the most selfish people I've ever met in my life. And this week, we're having the big golf tournament, you know, and he loves to golf. And so the golf tournament's on Saturday. If you haven't signed up, it's not too late. If you don't sign up, just get some money, okay? But he was a part of our foursome, and he called me last week. He's like, you know, I I can't go to the golf tournament. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there must be like a death to someone. And then all of a sudden he said, well, I promised my little granddaughter that I would do something, and I can't do that. And I thought to myself, this guy would have passed on the granddaughter ten times out of ten to go golfing. And yet look what God has done. Now, all that being said, here's the take-home message. If you really, really want to know what matters, what is it that matters? What matters most What matters most, more than anything else, is this. You must have an honest relationship with God through Christ. More than anything else, what matters the most is having an honest relationship with God through Christ. The night before I went to junior high school, I was a mess. I was scared to death. I had no idea what I was getting into. All these kids were coming into this school, and now we just didn't have one teacher, but we had seven teachers, and you had to go from class to class to class, and I was freaking out. And then, you know, you also have this thing called the locker combination. Have you ever experienced that before? Oh, man, it's painful. And everyone's watching. You have to get to your next class. And and so I'm freaking out, and so my mom... You know, as a 12-year-old, you never want to cry in front of your mom, but, man, I was messed up. And so I came, and I was crying to her, and and I said, you know, Mom, I'm just scared about school tomorrow. And my mom said, well, have you honestly talked to God? 
And I said, well, God doesn't speak to me. And then she got the fly swatter out. And she said, oh, yes, he does, Chris. He speaks. We're going to write down what you're afraid of. We're going to put it in the Bible, and we're going to trust and believe that God's going to do something. And so I was like, well, I guess it wouldn't hurt. So I just kind of put down what I had, put it in the Bible, walked away. And I went to bed that night, and I can remember for the first time in my life that God whispered to me. And it wasn't an audible whisper, but just in my spirit, Chris, don't worry. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And he was. And folks, that was a defining moment of my faith. And maybe today, Mother's Day 2018 is a defining moment of your faith. Maybe the truth is you've never really had an honest relationship with God or you've drifted away from God and all of a sudden you're like, man, I need Him. And if you want your prayers to be answered, folks, you have to know Him. You have to know Him. And God says if you'll be honest... I'll speak to you, I'll talk to you, I'll hear you, I'll reveal myself to you. And he wants you to have a relationship with him through his son Christ. So let's pray. God, we are so blown away by the fact that you who are the God of the universe chooses to have a relationship with us. That we truly matter to you. And I pray this week, God, that over and over and over again, that your Holy Spirit would just remind us to pray. That when we wake up in the morning, that we pray. When we're at home, we pray. When we're at work, we pray. When we're with our friends, we pray. Convict us, God, to pray. Draw us close that we would enter into a lifestyle of prayer. And God, on Mother's Day, if we're holding some unforgiveness or grudge towards another person, but specifically maybe our mom, that God, you would right now empower us to forgive. And if there are some moms who are here who've had an unforgiving heart or a difficult heart with one of their kids, God, that this would be the day that they would forgive. Bless our moms in the jar, God. Help them to lead us to pray and to learn to be the first to forgive. And God, help us to live lives that are righteous to live in a way that honors you, to convict us of right living. God, increase our faith that we would believe you for bigger things and we would live a life of faith in all things. And even, God, when you don't answer our prayers that the way that we think you should, that we would be able to say, not my will, but yours be done.
And maybe today for some of you, you've never had a relationship with God. You came because you thought you were just pleasing your mom. And the reality is, once you got here, you're like, man, I'm feeling some goosebumps. My heart's racing a little bit. I'm feeling something. Well, the Holy Spirit is present here and wants you to know that God loves you and God desires to have a relationship with you. And so if you've never had a committed relationship with Christ, or maybe today you're here because mom came, but you've been drifting away further and further, that today could be the day that you renew that commitment to him. So today, if you're ready to say, God, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need you in my life. I need your power. I need a relationship with you. I want to turn away from my sin and toward you. If today's the day, I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me. And it's a prayer that we don't pray alone. We never pray alone here at the jar, but we pray in community. And so I invite you to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, today I give my life completely to you. Jesus, save me from my sin. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand to everybody who said that prayer for the first time. Welcome to the kingdom of God. So again, we're just so happy that for those that uh, said that prayer for the first time today, we want to walk alongside with you. So if you did say that prayer for the first time today or recommitted yourself to Christ, uh, in the back of the room we have the accepted Christ table, and we just we want you to go back there so we can pray alongside with you, walk alongside with you. Also, um, check the box on the Connect card. Uh, so that we can connect with you and get in touch with you. And again, just to congratulate you and and be with you in any way that you need. Um, So with that, the connect card, that checked box is on the back of that. We would like you to go ahead and fill that out. We're going to put that in the offering bag in just a minute. It's not um, a way for us to like bug you or anything. We just want to stay connected and um, update information, hear any prayer requests you have, that sort of thing. If you are not a paper person and you like to uh, do digital things, we also have the app. You can download that uh, at your app store, and it's great. You can give on the app. You can take notes on the app. It's awesome. Um, So I'm going to invite the greeters to come forward. We're going to take an offering. Here at the jar, we are not about pressure. We just want to give opportunities to give. Because God is so good. He is so generous to us. And this is our way of saying thank you. It's a way to give back to him. Um, So let me pray. Lord, Lord God, just thank you. Thank you for the chance to learn about you, to learn to pray, to learn to listen, and to have our our hearts open and ready for you, God. We ask that this offering is multiplied and expanded in your kingdom. 
and that we can do great things, Lord, with it. Lord, we are thank you for we thank you for moms, and we thank you for the gift of motherhood for uh, those of us that are moms, and we're just so blessed to be in your house today, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So we are also, uh, if you're brand new, we want to connect with you uh, at the Guest Connections table. So that's the uh, one of the last tables before you leave the gym here today. Uh, Jim is holding up his hand. Uh, be sure to stop by. So that's, like I said, if you're brand new or if you've been coming for a few weeks but haven't stopped by, we've got a free gift for you. We just want to connect with you. Um, additionally, you know, we are all about community here, and we also like to have fun. So on June 3rd, which is coming up, we're going to have a barbecue cook-off. So not only is this going to be a chance to get together, it's going to be a chance for our grill masters among us to show off their skills. And you know you want to, right? Right? Yeah. Okay. So um, you can sign up to be a part of the uh, cook-off at the at the uh, resource table, whether you are going to be one of our grill masters or whether you just want to come and hang out, you can do. You can sign up for that at the resource table. There's going to be um, a inflatable uh, obstacle course. There's going to be face painting, um, all sorts of things. So, like I said, you can come and show your skills or you can just come and hang out. We do ask uh, that you bring a chair and a side to share. So, again, you can get that information signed up at the resource table. That's going to be June 3rd, right after celebration. So don't miss that. It's going to be a great time. Um, Also, we are uh, every week on Thursdays, our Celebrate Recovery meets, and that is an opportunity for our community to come together and grow together. We all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We all have things that we're going through, so why not go through it together? That's what Celebrate Recovery is all about. No matter what, what it is, Um, depression, uh, codependency, if you just need someone to talk to, Celebrate Recovery meets right here every Thursday, 7 o'clock. So be here and grow together. Um, You know, again, we are just so happy that you're here. If you need prayer for anything, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward. And uh, we just want to thank you and have a great day. Cool. Well, uh, why don't we stand uh, as we close? Uh, Again, if you'd like prayer for anything, there'll be people on both of the side screens that would love to pray with you. Just come up uh, and do that. Uh, Also, I have a prayer request for you, okay? So my oldest daughter, Jordan, who I told the Mabel story about, uh, her uh, her, uh, cousin stepped on her foot last night, and it bruised it. So we have to go and get an x-ray. So we're praying that nothing is broken and that she is going to be healed up. So I'm being a little selfish, but I thought we're in a series of prayer, and this just happened last night. What if next week I came back and said it wasn't broken, you know? Uh, It would all be because of prayer, and so if you could do that, that'd be great. So this week, pray, 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 pray. Remember that as you pray, your relationships matter to God, that the way you live your life matters to God, and that your faith really matters to God, and that when you pray, pray as much as you can, but at the end say, God, your will be done, because you never know what he may do. Hey, last thing, we want prayers answered, and one prayer you could answer today is to help us tear down. 
So if you can get a chair and go that way, that would help. Have a great week. Know that you're loved in this place, everybody. Happy Mother's Day.